Good morning. I invite you to rise as we come before God this day, confessing our sins, receiving God's forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who spoke light into creation, who calls us to listen and to follow, who sends us to shine like stars. Let us indeed come before God, confessing our sin with the assurance of God's grace and mercy. Holy and merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. Here and now, by Christ's authority, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. be with you. Let us pray, holy God, our strength and our redeemer. By your spirit, hold us forever, that through your grace we may worship you and faithfully serve you, follow you and joyfully find you, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite you to be seated and for our kids to come forward at this time. Come on up. Kids, youth, and young at heart. <laughs> well, they're young at heart right there, Tom. Come on up. Yeah, good. Come on up. All right. Very good. I think we're, Mike is working here. Good. All right. So, question for you. You want to sit down right here? Yeah. Yeah, come on up. Oh, good. We got lots of folks. Yay. I've got a question for you. I want to show you something. You mind sitting right up here? Because so, I want to show you. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys come over a little bit? No, that's all right. We're still waking up. Um, there you go. Very good. That's good. That's good, Mila. Okay. So, um, have you ever received... Oh, that's very cool. Have you ever received an invitation before? Do you know what that is? Like, probably, what have you received an invitation to? A birthday party. And look. Look at that. There's an invitation, huh? You might get something like that in the mail, you know. Sometimes you get an invitation like that to a wedding or 
to a you guys most likely to a birthday party, huh? Yeah, which is so. <laughs> you went to Adrian's party. See, there you go. So, so you've been to three weddings. Well, usually you get an invitation like that. When there's something like that, you get a special invitation. Well, you know what? Jesus has sent you an invitation. It looks a little different than that. In fact, it's even got different words. But Jesus has sent you an invitation. And you know what he says? He says, come and see. With your come and see. Probably the same thing, come and hear. That's what he says to us. Come and see. That's right. Just like that. Come and see. You know, a lot of people get really nervous about a big fancy word, which we're going to say right now. It's called evangelism. Can you say that with me? Evangelism. Let's say it one more time. Evangelism. Now, evangel is good news. It's the Greek word for good news. So, so it's telling the good news. Now, a lot of people are really nervous, especially like right now. In fact, I look out at the adults, and I can tell that they're sweating. We're, we're test just hearing that word there, I can see the perspiration starting to come down from them. Because you know why people get nervous about what do I say about Jesus? What do I say about the good news? But guess what? Jesus shows us today. He's going to say to the disciples and to all of us, just come and see. Now, can you say that to somebody? Come and see. There it is. You are evangelists. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for these young people. Bless them. And thank you that you've given us all an invitation. And may we simply share it and say, come and see. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You may be back. The first reading um, is from Isaiah 49. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you people from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made, me, he made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hands, and he hid me. He made me a, a polished arrow in his quiver. He hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be my servant, who to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my Lord has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised and abhorred by the nations, to, slave of, to the slave of rulers, kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel has chosen you. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sophonies to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place (coughs) call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. According to St. John, the first chapter. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you going? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 
He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will, are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, the Gospel of the Lord. I remember on one of those wonderful scout outings that um, I had when I was growing up. We were up in central Arizona, lots of ponderosa pines, and it was a pretty flat area where we were camped, and I went out looking for some firewood. It wasn't quite dark yet, but it was getting there, and so I had headed out. My brother was still back in whatever little camp we had. And I got out there, and I couldn't find anything, so I went a little further and a little further. And then I gathered up as much as I could, and I turned around to start to head back. Hmm. Which way is back? It's hard to find the sun. All the trees looked the same. I hadn't really paid attention. I was looking for firewood. So, you know, it would, I mean, it would be embarrassing to have to scream. Help! I'll spare your ears this morning. But as you know, I have a fairly good set of lungs. I could have used them. But, you know, no, I, that would be embarrassing. Um, so I kept hunting, looking back for our camp. But fortunately, my brother was along, and he all of a sudden wasn't seeing me in the camp. And um, as I kept walking, I heard the faintest little bell. <laughs> of course, that gave me enough courage to say, Phil! <laughs> and eventually, back and forth, back and forth, I found my way back to camp. Oh, what a difference a voice, a word, a call can make especially when we're lost. John the Baptist, as Jesus shows up out there in the wilderness, says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A call, a proclamation, a voice that comes to us this day, an epiphany as we continue to celebrate light to the nation. Now, a lot of people have issues with this Lamb of God phrase, if you didn't know that, or a lot of um, critical scholars. Um, even though we sing it every Sunday, the Agnus Day, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, because the Lamb in the Old Testament, although we know about the Passover Lamb and there were other sacrifices of lambs, the ones for sin were not using lambs. They were bulls and other, you know, animals, etc., but of course, we know about the Passover lamb where the blood was put over the lentil of the houses and the angel of death, that perfect Passover lamb, the lamb had to be perfect, etc. That blood was put over the doorposts of the houses and the angel of death passed over. 
Well, even though a lot of people struggle with this image, I think it's fairly clear, especially when you understand that the Gospel of John actually has Jesus being crucified about the time that the Passover lambs were being slaughtered, that there's a great connection here with the Passover. John the Baptist says, the Passover lamb, but he doesn't say who keeps the angel of death from visiting us, but he says who takes away the sin of the world. And we get, you know, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament that, that would take care of sin brought together with this image of the Passover lamb. It's interesting. The New Testament does this sometimes. In fact, Jesus does this sometimes. Like, what's the greatest commandment? Come on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. And what? Do you know that that's not one Old Testament passage? That Jesus takes one command from one place and another command from another place and puts them together? Well, maybe that's what's happening in this Lamb of God image. That the writer John and then John the Baptist sees Jesus as fulfilling two things. So that when we have the blood of Jesus, when we talk about the, Jesus holding up the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. That when we have that on our lives, when we are in Christ, that not only does the angel of death pass over, but our sin passes over. Because what does Paul say is the wages of sin? Death. So, Wow. The Word comes to us today um, in the midst of our being lost, the many forests of broken relationships and cancer and addictions and grief and peer rejections and pressures and job pressures and, and self-critical thoughts as well as the criticisms of others being weighted down by our own sin and it comes to us and says behold the Lamb of God behold your sin has been taken away what a word what a difference a voice a proclamation can make when you're lost it indeed finds us and gives us that forgiveness now there's a lot of people today too, I'm looking at the clock, I can make a little diversion here. Um, there's a lot of people today too that say, you know, the church is always talking about sin and people don't really think they're sinners today. That isn't going to work anymore. You know, you got to be relevant. You got to give them community and you got to give them fulfillment and meaning. All that. And there's nothing wrong with community. There's, of course, we need that and fulfillment, all that, whatnot. But... Look at the titles that are said in this scripture reading, which I don't have time to go into. Son of God, Lamb of God, Messiah. When you look at those titles, and then you look at what Jesus says, the first words out of his mouth in the Gospel of John are, what are you looking for? Maybe he's really saying, this is what I think you should be looking for. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Messiah. The one who's going to defeat death and, and bring wholeness to all of creation. This is what you need to be looking for. Because see, as the church, we tend to run around after culture. But culture is always a moving target. <laughs> Ultimately, what we have as our gift is this word that John the Baptist says. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if folks don't think they need a Savior then we have to gently say, 
think twice. You know, I don't think we have to pound it into them. You know, that's all they hear. But I think we need to say, aren't you broken? You know, we have the answer to that. We have God's answer. So, what a difference a word makes. What an epiphany we have today with all these titles and with this gift that we have, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world and our sin. But here's the interesting thing about this voice. Yes, it finds us. Yes, it gives us this good news. But it's not simply a declaration. No, this is a word that takes hold of us. This is a word that only just doesn't say something to be true. It encounters us and it puts us to death and it brings us back to life. It's not simply a declaration. It is an event that happens to us. It's a word that claims us. After all, if we believe anything about Genesis, what do we believe about who we are? Who do, who do we belong to? <laughs> we belong to our Creator. Whose are we? We're God's. If we, I can use a simple analogy. I love those when you go to a fancy place. You know, you know you're really in a fancy place because you have a coat check. <laughs> you know, that's only happened to me a few times in my life. But you give them their, your coat, and they give you a what? A ticket, a claim check, you might call it. Well, when God's word comes to us, he has a claim check. He says, you are mine. So yes, it brings us that forgiveness and that gift and that grace, but it also encounters us and says, ah, I'm, I'm coming for you. Not as one to punish and destroy, but as one to heal, to take back to himself, and to use for his purposes in the world. Look at the, all three readings today. The servant in Isaiah, which we certainly see that Jesus had his identity shaped by these servant songs in Isaiah. But what does the servant say? You called me even before I was born from my mother's womb. You've called me. See how the voice comes? And that voice comes and it calls us. What happens at the end of the gospel reading? Jesus says, come and see. And then he starts naming the disciples and calling them to follow. But even better, even better, check out the second reading today, the beginning of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Who does Paul say he is? He says, I... I'm one called by the will of God. If you ask Paul, who are you? He'd say, I'm called. I'm one who's called by the will of God. And who's he writing to? He's writing to the people, the saints, the people who've been sanctified, made holy, set apart. That's what that word means, set apart, in Corinth. And then he says, called to be saints. Paul looks at this congregation. He says, you know who you are? You are ones who have been sanctified in Christ. You've heard the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You've had that applied to your life. You are sanctified. You are holy. Now you're called to be holy. Be who you are, he says. Who, what's our identity? Who are we? Oh, people. We are people who are called. We have a word that's come to us, that's called us, that's claimed us. Look at the clock again. 
I'd love to go on a nice, long, 10-minute rant at this point about what's wrong with the church in the United States versus other places like in Africa. And all kinds of people have all kinds of opinions about that. Buy me a cup of coffee and I'll give you an hour's worth of that. <laughs> but I think number one is that people in our Christianity, in this culture, don't have an identity that God, in the faith of their baptism, has called them. How's your identity when it comes to being called? Do you have a deep down sense that God has looked at you and called you into his church and called you to shine the light to all the Gentiles, to all the nations? One of the problems is that we in the, it's not a problem, but we get it mixed up. See, because in the Lutheran church, we have two calls. We have the call that everyone received when they were baptized. And then we have a call to ordain ministry, to word and sacrament ministry. But I think lay people have forgotten that your call is the greatest call. Your call is what makes the church the church. Yes, you as a congregation have called three pastors out to say, we want you to preside at the table. We want you to baptize. We want you to equip us and watch over our doctrine and, our, and teach us and disciple us. We want you to do that. But you've called us to do that. The church is not the pastors. It is not the professional leaders. When I was in Ethiopia, they don't have enough pastors to pastor all the churches because the movement that now has 9 million Lutherans, twice as many as there are in all the different forms in this country, is lay people because they have gotten a sense that God has looked them in the eye and said, I'm calling you to proclaim the good news. How's your sense of call? How's our sense of call? When you look at your finances, do you look at, when you look at your checkbook, you go, you know what? My finances are called to share the gospel. Do you make yourself uncomfortable in how much you give? Because, you know, my goodness, I'm called to be an instrument to share the gospel to the world. And look, I'm in this community, Silverdale Lutheran, and that's what they're doing. What about your time and your... Your, your, you know, what you have. Do you, do, you, do you have a focus that way? Do you have a focus that way? Do you think about your time? My time is claimed by God and called. Hmm? You know, this is, this is the power of where we need to get. But everything I've said to you is actually a little bit off today. You know why? Because... That call is not to us as individuals. It's a corporate call. Paul doesn't say to the individuals in Corinth. He says to you who are in Corinth. He says to the church. What about us as a congregation? Do we have a deep sense that we as a group, as a congregation, are called to proclaim the gospel and love the world on behalf of Christ Jesus. Do we have a deep down sense? That's where, that's where the vitality of the church will re be reborn when we get that we are called. 
I love Pastor Paula's sermon um, on Christmas Eve. And um, she talked about the experience of watching in court families making official adoptions. I talked to someone recently who was adopted, and they were telling me their story of being adopted. And they were adopted not till they were in their teens, 13 years old. And um, another person who was listening to this story said, wow, that must have been really hard to be adopted, not till way later. And they said, yeah, it had its bad parts, but you see, it actually was really beautiful too. Because I was a really messed up teenager. I mean, I was a problem. And they still decided to adopt me and claim me. And if I may, even though they didn't use this word, call me. You know, a lot of us, understandably, I know I'll speak for me, think, wow, Lord, there's, I am not worthy to be adopted into your family. But God has looked at us and says, no, I want you. I claim you. You're my creation. And I'm calling you. Oh, yes, but, you know, and so we come up with all kinds of objections. I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at that. I don't have those gifts. I don't have that gift. <laughs> God, that's the blessing of the gospel. That's the word that comes, that when we are lost in the midst of the forest, and all kinds of trouble, God comes and claims us. says, you are mine. He gives us his forgiveness, and he sends us out. Thanks be to God. Amen.
I invite you to turn ahead with me a bit uh, past the baptism that we'll celebrate at the next service for the Khmer family. And we confess together our faith, together with the whole church. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us lift our prayers now to a God who hears and answers with mercy and justice. Lord Jesus, as we seek to lift ourselves up, you come down to us, even sharing our baptism for the forgiveness of sins. As we seek to isolate ourselves and make our own way, you call us into community as disciples to follow you. Humble us and guide us that we may seek your will. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God, our Father, we all are all your children, no matter what lines divide us, our politics, our race, our nationality, our language, our gender, are all part of what makes us who we are. But all of these things bow to your will for justice, equality, unconditional love, and connection. Help us to love one another through difficult times. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Spirit of God, we give you thanks for your prophets of old and for those who live in our own time. Today, we remember your spirit of accountability, of love, and of reconciliation that coursed through the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and the movement he led in our country. Let your spirit fall on and inspire leaders everywhere, that the nations may indeed stream to your mountain of hope. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Lord God, we lift before you this day those who are grieving and especially remember Heidi Thorson and John Auernhammer at the death of their mom. We remember their families too as they travel and as they gather, that you would be with them. God, we also pray for uh, Gary Ludwig and Gabby and their family as he is in hospice care at this time. We pray for Alan and Debbie Rue as Alan prepares for cancer treatments coming this week. And for Linda Roberts, brother-in-law, Jim Weisbrot, and his family, as he has advanced cancer. Lord, in your mercy. God, we also celebrate this day with Creator Lutheran in Bonnie Lake as they welcome our former intern and, and install her as pastor this day, Amanda Olson de Castillo. Be with her and her husband and children and their whole congregation as they celebrate this call. Lord, in your mercy. God, we pray for others who are recovering for Dory Pitts, for Michael Klein, for Sean Hamrick, Delaney Gallagher, Lynn Rupp, and Kevin Crane. We lift up those who are facing cancer for John, Kathy, Elizabeth, Angela, Dave, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. For those who are deployed at this time and for their families here at home, for Paul, Bradley, Aaron, Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David and for many for whom we continue to prayer, and others now we offer before you. For Kevin Crane with another retina surgery tomorrow, 
Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, all places for which we pray, trusting in the mercy you have shown through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with one another. As you continue to share signs of peace with one another, I invite you to uh, pass the friendship booklets along the way to note your presence in worship here with us. If you're a guest of ours this morning, I haven't said it for a while, you you know, you can't visit worship. It isn't a spectator sport. You're here fully participating. You're called if you're here for the first time or the 400,000th time. Um, Not sure if that's mathematically possible, but anyway, pass those booklets along. Note your presence with us here in worship. We love that. Of course, the Beacon has lots of things uh, going on as we continue into this new year. And the ministry card, a way to kind of connect or sign up or volunteer or offer prayers, that kind of thing. But um, we've been trying to do shorter announcements, but I want to do more exciting announcements today. So you're ready? All right. Give me a sled. Give me a ski. What's that spell? Potato. Right. Exactly. All right. I'm going to work backwards on this. This weekend, this Saturday, we have this great family fun event. It's, um, it, it has the word mayhem in it, so it should be a lot of fun. Potato bar. There'll also be a, a, a dessert uh, contest. I can't do that quite yet because I won't be able to talk. Then we have the next, the following weekend, we have a ski snowboard kind of all church deal. So whether you're a first timer or experienced, you can have that. Um, and then a couple of weeks after that, President's Day actually will be doing a winter snow day. So if skiing or snowboarding isn't your thing, just general winter sliding around, you can sign up for that as well. We have comedy fundraiser coming up. We have all kinds of great things. We've smashed it all into this little blue piece of paper right here. All of that stuff is in here, including that dessert competition. That's coming just a little bit, Saturday, Saturday night. So hopefully that'll help you remember all of those things. Take a look, take it home, times, all that kind of thing to be there. All right, we continue with our pledges and offerings.
Let us pray. God of all creation. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Sing praises. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, send your Holy Spirit that you might be revealed to us through this meal and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God is now revealed in this epiphany season to us, his disciples. Come and eat. I invite you to be seated and come as you're invited.
Let us pray. God, we bless this meal as it goes out to Audrey Klein. May it indeed bring your presence to her and, her, and that she would know her connection to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I invite you to rise as you're able. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Everlasting God. We bless you that you have brought us to the mountaintop and fed us with the life and light of your Son. Send us in his name from this place to bring light into dark corners, healing where lives are torn, and nourishment to every heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. God the Father, light creator. God the Son, light from light. And God the Holy Spirit, light revealer, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks.